Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Glory to God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, then we're going to go to Psalms. A Bible revelation of Jesus helps you to praise Him. I'm amazed in studying the Psalms. I've just finished a pretty exhaustive study of the Psalms. Actually, I'm about two two chapters, two Psalms from finishing in my own personal Bible study. And I am amazed how much David praised not just Jehovah God, but praised somebody he didn't even know. He praised Jesus. I mean, it's amazing. You know, he said in one psalm, I believe Psalms 110, the Lord said unto my Lord. Who's he talking about? What do you mean the Lord said unto my Lord? He's talking about uh, Jesus said to the Heavenly Father. He, he had a unique uh, revelation uh, of Messiah. That's why many times in, in the gospel, uh, people would cry out to Jesus, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And if you'll study the Psalms and look very closely, he spent a lot of time worshiping the coming Messiah. He had not, he hadn't even gotten on the planet yet. He hadn't even arrived yet. He hadn't done any, he'd healed no bodies. He had not, he not, he'd not died upon the cross. He had not risen again from the dead. He'd, he hadn't done any mighty miracles. And here's this guy, King David, praising and worshiping Jesus. It, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's why they call him the Messianic prophet, priest, and king. Amen. Now, notice what it says in Hebrews. I like this in Hebrews. I wanted to read this before we went over into the book of Psalms because this is around uh, twelve to 1,400 years after that David wrote the Psalms, that the Psalms were written. This revelation, which I believe the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, this revelation came forth after David. Not before, but after Now listen what it says. This is New Testament revelation. It says in verse 1, Hebrews chapter 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. How many know who that Son is? Say his name. Say it again. One more time. Whom he hath appointed heir over all things by whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now I want to read verses 2 and 3 in the Amplified. It's a little wordy, but stay with me. It says, but in these last days he has spoken unto us in the person of a son whom he hath appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds and the reaches of space and the ages of time. He made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. Somebody going to get a revelation tonight? He's going to light you off. Amen? He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outraying, 
or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. Now listen to this. Upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had by himself, by, when he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now this dude here, he's something else. I'm telling you, this guy is something else. I said, this guy is something else. By him, in him, and through him, it says in the book of Colossians, all things find their existence. All things consist and exist because of him. Which gives us good reason to understand while he was hanging upon the cross, the earth itself began to convulse and shake. The Bible says there was darkness upon all the earth. Listen, that wasn't just an eclipse. What was happening was creation was coming to the brink of extinction because the very thing, the very entity that created, that was that God uses to create and that held creation together was suffering and dying for you and I. That's why the earth shook and convulsed. That's why the sun would not shine. That's why all of the elements begin to go wild and begin to go crazy. It's because the very Word of God was suffering and dying and God was taking a great step of faith by offering that which keeps everything together, that which propels everything, that which upholds everything, that which guides the universe. He was allowing it to die for you and I. I'm telling, listen, you've got to understand. Oh, I don't want to get off on that. Mm. You've got to understand, salvation is so much bigger than the forgiveness of sin. Most people only think of salvation as having their sins forgiven and getting to go to heaven. No, salvation is the impartation of the nature of this person that we're talking about into your human spirit. That's what you have on the inside of you. That's what's in you is that very power that created and upholds and maintains and propels the entire universe. God deposited that on the inside of you and made you a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Listen, there ain't no reason for you to worry. There ain't no reason for you to fret. There's no reason for you to be afraid of cancer or sickness or disease or bondage. There's no reason to be addicted or afflicted. Listen, Jesus is more than a match for any problem in humanity. And he came to set you free and deliver you from the bondage of anything the enemy has ever tried to put you in. Now, now, now look at this part, this part here. I like this. This is one of my, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe with His mighty word of power. Now everybody say, He's got it. He's got it. So you, twit, you, you need to quit trying to get it. Your problem is you're trying to control the universe. You're trying to control your universe, trying to uphold your universe, trying to maintain your universe. That wears you out. No, God has given you Jesus so that you don't have to sweat it. All you need is faith in God. You know, that was, 
you know, brother, I guess it was last year, brother Shambach went on to be with the Lord, R.W. Shambach. Anybody ever hear him preach? Man, he was such a great minister, such a great preacher. And his uh, catchphrase or the slogan of his ministry is, you don't have any problems, all you need is faith in God. He put it on his literature, he put it on bumper stickers, he put it on his crusade banners. You don't have any trouble, all you need is faith in God. Well, we, Lee and I one time sitting at a table uh, at dinner with him, heard him tell the testimony of how he got that catchphrase. He was up in Canada, and he was sitting with a man. They were at a table at about midnight eating a turkey dinner after a crusade meeting. And the guy said, let me tell you my testimony about how I got saved. He said, I was a heathen. I was dying. I was in the hospital. He said, a priest in a black robe came in and gave me last rites and pulled the sheet up over my head and turned around and walked out the door. He said, a priest in a white robe walked through the wall and pulled the sheet back and looked at me and said, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. This guy's not even born again. He said, now you go down to the store and you buy you a Bible and you read the book of John. He said, I got up and started walking down the hall. He said, all the nurses and doctors were running down the hall because they thought I was a ghost walking down the hall. He said, I walked down there with a, with a, with a hospital gown on, and, and he said, I went right into a drugstore and found me a Bible. And he said, when I got to John 3, 16 and John chapter 4, he said, I knew exactly what to do. He said, I asked Jesus into my heart, got born again. And he said, from this day till now, I've got one thing. I know one thing. I ain't got any problems. All I need is faith in God. And listen, the same thing's true if you study the Word and see who He is. He's so much bigger than sickness and disease. He's so much bigger than poverty and life. Listen, redemption was not an equal destruction of our problems. It was an impartation of an overabundance of God's provision, an eradication of the problem, and an impartation of an overabundance of provision. Because God's not enough. He's more than enough. Mm-mm-mm. Now, one more thing, and we'll go to Psalms. Upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe by His mighty word of power. Now, notice that strange terminology. It's not the power of His word. It's the word of His power. Now, let me say that again because there's a real point that you need to understand here. It's the word of His power, not the power of His word. If it was the power of His Word, it would mean that God empowers His Word. That He puts His power into His Word. See, that's what we tend to think, that God puts His power into His Word. But that's not true. It's not the power of of His Word. It's the Word of His power, which means God Himself draws His power out of His Word. Uh, you, you, you didn't get that. You say, what do you mean? God himself draws his power out of his word. Without his word, he has no power. But with his word, he's all powerful. If he, if he imparted power into his word, we could not access it. But if it's the word of his power, what you got sitting in your lap? You have the word of his power. I said, you have the word of his power. I said, you have the word of his power. 
You have access to all the power of God. How much power do you need? How much power do you want? How much power can you access? It is the word of his power. God himself does nothing unless he declares it first. He does nothing unless he says it. He sent his word and it fell upon Israel and healed them. His word became flesh and dwelt among us. Are you with me? So he not only draws his power from his word, but gives us his word so that we might do the same thing. Now, people don't, they, religious people won't tell you that. They'll, tell you, they'll talk to you about sovereignty. Let me, let me just, without getting into any deep theology, let me help, help, help you just for a moment. The problem with denominationalism that does not believe in the power of God, and when I say don't believe in the power of God, don't believe in the new birth, because it takes power to get born again. Don't believe in healing power. Don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Don't believe in the power in the name of Jesus. Listen, there's millions of people that they're good people, they love God, but they don't believe in any of that. Now, the reason they don't believe in that is because much of the theology that is taught, not revelation, theology that is taught is saturated with Greek mythology. They draw a lot of information from Greek mythology and make application of it to our God. Let me tell you something. There is no relevance to any Greek mythology when it comes to our God. Our God stands above all gods. He stands upon His Word. Amen. Are you with me? Our God is God. So they, because they've drawn so much information from that mythology, they leave everything up to the, quote, sovereignty of God. Well, God does have power. God can save. God can heal, God can deliver, God can prosper. But whether He does it or not is based on His sovereignty, whether He decides to do it or not. Well, then let me ask you a question. What are we going to do with the Gospels? What are we going to do with a woman with an issue of blood? Who never knew nothing about the, quote, sovereignty of God, but she knew this. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. He didn't initiate it. He didn't even know she was there. She got a miracle. What about ten lepers that cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. What about blind Bartimaeus crying out the same thing? Jesus, son of David, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. What about the Syrophoenician one? What about all the people that initiated their own miracle? What are you going to do with sovereignty now? Here, let me settle the sovereignty issue with you. Here's this sovereignty right here. We have a copy. We have documentation. What will God do? Anything you can believe Him for. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now let's go to Psalms before I get off on another subject. Go all the way over to Psalms. Let me find it myself. I think it's 144. We're studying, praising, worshiping God, glorifying, magnifying His name. I tell you, you can praise your way out of any problem. Let's start in 147. Verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praise unto our God. For it is pleasant, praise is comely 
One translation says this, praise looks good on you. Isn't that good? You never look any better than you do when you're praising God. Praise looks good on you. The Lord doth built up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcast of Israel. I like this. He healeth the brokenhearted and bindeth up their wounds. Verse 3, amplified. He heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds, curing their pains and their sorrows. Mm-mm-mm. He telleth the number of stars. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise unto the... Sing praise unto... Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God, who covereth the heaven with clouds, who who prepareth the rain for the earth, who maketh the grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth in the strength of the horse. Wait, he delighteth not. That's the scripture I wanted to read. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse. No, he taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. Let me read that again. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. God does not need what he has created in order to produce. Let me try that again. Some of you need to hear it. God does not need what he has created in order to produce. You say, why? What he has created came from his word. So he does not need what he created to produce. All he needs is his word. Now, now, I don't know if you can go this deep, but we'll give it a try. I know this is Wednesday night. If he does not need what he has created to produce, you do not need what he has created to produce. All you need is His Word. You say, now that's deep. Then quit trying to think about it with your mind and meditate on it with your heart. You say, what do you mean? Well, let's just take a little public uh, uh, meditation for a moment. Look at all of the things God has produced. Let's just take, uh, when, I, when I read this, I thought of our, our uh, uh, fiasco that we had when Ike hit and how uh, that year, for some reason, we're not laying blame anywhere, but all the years we were a church, we carried a full gamut of insurance, including flood. Just so happened, that year flood was not rolled into our insurance. So there is the strength of the horse and the strength of the man in the insurance policy. Are you with me? That's the ability of man You know, and rightfully low, we've got flood insurance now. We make sure we have it every year. We pay all of our insurance. But that year, I think the enemy was just trying to destroy us. Here we end up with $350,000 worth of damage and no insurance at all. And I think the first check we wrote wiped out all of our money. Every every bit of money we had. We wrote a $30,000 check uh, to pay off a $120,000 bill. The bill was $120,000. The people said, you give us $30,000, we'll write the whole bill off. So that was a miracle in itself. But then money started coming from all over the world. 
All of, I mean, it was amazing. We'd go to the post office box. There'd be a check for $5, a check for 10 a check for 100 a check for 500 a check for 1000 a check for 10000 a check for 5000 uh, 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 A church over in Lake Jackson. I was over there preaching. The pastor said, i got to tell you this testimony. He said, we had about $20,000 worth of damage, and he said, we really didn't have the, uh, uh, the, our, our deductibles and everything, and we just thought we'd just take care of it ourselves. He said, another church sent us $10,000. He said, I opened it up. He said, I was just praising God. He said, the Lord spoke to me and said, that's not yours. That belongs to Rusty. Send it to him right now. Didn't need the strength of a horse. Didn't need the strength of a man's legs. You see what I'm saying? You don't, you listen, we always think we need what has been created to get us out. No, you don't need what has been created. All you need is a word from God. That's what you need. When you can get a word from God, thank God for insurance. Thank God for bankers. Thank God for being able to get loans. Thank God for treatment. Thank God for medicine. Thank God for all of that. But when it comes down to it, if you want a miracle, you've got to believe above the strength of the horse and the man. You've got to believe that a word is all that you need. And if you can get that word from God, you'll have your miracle. Mm-mm-mm. We'll teach on that a little more later. That's a good one there, isn't it? The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear Him, in those that hope in His mercy. Oh, praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy, God, praise thy God, O Zion, for He has strengthened the bars of thy gates. That means that's protection. He's strengthened the bars of your gate. He has blessed thy children with thee. He's protecting your generations. He maketh peace in thy borders and filled thee with the finest of wheat. That's provision. Everybody say protection. Provision, Amen. Then it says, He sendeth forth His commandment upon the earth. His word runneth very swiftly. That's His proclamation. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like, like ashes. He casteth forth His ice like morsels. Who can stand before His cold? He sendeth out His word and melteth them and causeth the wind to blow and the waters to flow. That's His process. Ooh, just right there in that one scripture, we have his protection, we have his provision, we have his proclamation, and we have his process. That's David praising and worshiping our God. Are you with me? Now, let's go real quick. Mm, how's my time? Oh, my goodness. All right, we'll do, go to Psalms 149. I'll skip 148 because if I get hung up in that, we'll be here till 10 o'clock. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Psalms 149, 1. And his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing unto him with the timbrel and the harp. Let's just say something about dancing right now. That might help you. I've preached in churches for years, for 18 years. we preached in churches all over the country. Some churches we'd come into and they would have these great orchestrated dance teams. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, I didn't like them. I didn't like them at all. I didn't know why I didn't like them. I just didn't like them. Most of them were, you know, young women uh, dressed in such a way that I didn't like. I didn't think it was right for a church service. Then I started hearing some teaching, listening to some good teaching on it. And one... one particular individual had gone back and studied some different teachings in the, in the Torah, in the Hebrew. When Israel was right with God, the men danced before the Lord. The men would come to the temple, to the front of the temple, 
in a big circle they would gather and they would sing and they'd raise their hands and they'd dance to the Lord. When Israel got into sin, prostitutes would go into the temple and dance. Amen. People have asked me before, Pastor, why don't we have orchestrated dancing in the church? Well, one reason is it's not New Testament. It's only mentioned one time in in the, in, the, in the Psalms, this is the one time that it's mentioned, is the dance. And the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. There's only one word mentioned in the Bible about dancing, so it's not doctrine. Woo! Did we touch a nerve? Amen. The Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Here's why we don't. You can dance in the Holy Ghost anytime you want. You can dance spontaneously. You can put your hands up and dance and shout. But as far as orchestrating that and making that a part of something we do, every church I ever saw it in failed. It failed. It flopped. You say, why? We don't see it in the New Testament. We don't see it. It's not in there. In the Old Covenant, in righteousness, the men did. But when they got into sin... That's when the women would enter into the temple and they would dance and Israel would be in all kinds of trouble. We'll teach on that a little later. Some of you, I can tell right now, you're like, I don't know if I like that. Well, <laughs> stick with the word, amen? Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouths. And a two-edged sword in their hand. Now, real quick, praise. Number one, establishes the position of who is God and who is a child of God. The more you praise Him, the more you understand His position. The more you praise Him, the more you understand your position. The more you praise Him. Remember, I always talk about the greatest deliverance of your life. The greatest deliverance of your life. That's not from cocaine. It's not from marijuana. It's not from alcohol. The greatest deliverance of your life is the day you get delivered from being God. The day you get delivered from calling the shots. The day you get delivered from making all the decisions. Then all that other stuff is going to line up with the word. Amen. And if you will praise God, it will help establish his position in your life. And it will help establish you in who you are. He is God and you are the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Secondly, praise is an act of submission. You have to submit yourself, therefore, unto God. It says in the book of James, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Literally, praise is a form of active opposition against your enemy. The more you praise God, the more the devil hates it because he was the original praiser and worshiper. Now you have taken his place and I'm telling you, every time you praise and worship God as an act of submission, you are resisting the adversary and causing your spiritual authority to raise to another level. Praise recognizes its source. When you start worshiping and praising God, you start figuring out, man, he's my all in all. He's the source of my peace. He's the source of my joy. He's the source of my righteousness. He's the source of my happiness. He's the source of my healing. He's the source of my prosperity. He's the source of my information. He leads me and guides me. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Praise God, I guarantee you, the more you praise God, the more you recognize Him as your source. Praise closes the gap between God and man. 
You say, what do you mean? The more you praise Him, the closer you get to Him. The less you praise, the further away you get. You ever, you ever, for some reason or another, had to miss a praise or worship service at the church maybe two weeks or three weeks, and you just, man, i got to get back to church. i just got to get back to a worship service. My goodness. i just got to. You ever felt like that before? I mean, you just feel like you're so far from God. But as soon as you get back in and you lift your hands up and you start praising God and they pop one of them good praise songs on or those good worship songs, you get your hands in the air, you start worshiping God, you start sensing the presence of God, notice how the gap begins to close. The more you praise God, the closer you are to Him. So I'd praise Him all the time. Stay real close. Amen? Last one, then we'll close. My time's up. Praise releases faith and hastens the answer. You say, what do you mean? Man, you come down and have hands laid on you. You say, I thought I, I, thought I got healed. No, you did get healed 2,000 years ago. Amen? So you just start praying. Father, I thank you I'm healed. I thank you, I'm here. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what my body's telling me. I don't care what the medication on the, 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 the label on the medication bottle says. I don't care what any of it says. I'm going to praise him that he is Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. By his stripes, I'm healed. Amen. Come on, church. You start praising him for your finances. Thank you, Father. I'm a tither. I'm an offer. I'm a giver. I've got a harvest of finances out there. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I praise and worship you, Lord. I glorify your name. You are my supplier. You are my source. You are my all in all. That's faith released. Amen. You struggle with sin. You struggle with habits. You struggle. With, you start praising Him. That you. I thank you, Father. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are new for me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Because He that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the earth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I guarantee you, praise releases faith and hastens the answer. You say, Pastor, I just need the answer to come quicker. Start praising more. Start praising more. Don't wait to come to church. Don't wait for a praise and worship service. Don't wait to turn it on to the radio. You get your hands up when your feet hit the floor. You don't put them down till you go to bed tonight. You go to bed. I go to bed thinking. I go to bed in my mind. Praise and worship songs. I wake up in the morning. Praise and worship songs. Everywhere I go, I'm worshiping. I'm praising. I'm glorifying. Thanking God for this. Thanking God for that. Glorifying God. Magnifying God. You learn to live a life of praise and worship, and you'll live a life overcoming. The devil hates it. He'll fight you. He'll try to get you back into the flesh. He'll try to get you to respond to your feelings. But if you make a decision, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise God when it's dark. I'm going to praise God when there's no money in the bank account. I'm going to praise God when my body's hurting. I'm going I'm to pray. Then when you learn to praise God when there's no manifestation of God, you watch how you praise God when there is. And if you can learn to praise God the same both ways, there'll be very few times when you're, out, when you're without a manifestation. Let me just say this, my closing statement. If you can praise God right now, as you would praise God if immediately that which you were praying for manifested, then you have found the source or the key to praise. You say, what do you mean? Before the money comes, before the pain leaves, before the doctor says, before anybody says you have a miracle, but you praise him just as if it was yours. Right now. Like the money's in the bank account. Like the pain's gone from your body. Like no matter what, you just say, Father, I just pray. I just thank you. I just glorify you. Many times in Lee and I's life, as a married couple, as a ministry couple, as individuals, when the answer comes, people are surprised at our reaction. They're surprised. They're like, you ought to be running and shouting and dancing. We're like, no. 
We've been doing that the past six months. Amen. You ought to be just turning cartwheels over what God just, no, no. We've already done that. We've already run. We've already shouted. We've already praised. We've already glorified God. And it's no surprise that it showed up. We just, thank you, Lord. We go on to the next thing. And that's how it'll be for you. If you make a decision, I guarantee you, you praise your way through what you're going through. David said that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. said we will what? Fear no evil. It didn't say we wouldn't feel no evil. So you don't have to fear what you feel. And one of the ways not to fear what you feel is no matter what you're facing, praise God. Not for the problem, not for the circumstance, not for the situation, but for the answer. Thank you, and then whatever it is, that comes out, thank you for my healing. Thank you for my prosperity. Thank you for my breakthrough. Thank you for whatever it is, and I guarantee you, it will hasten the answer into your life. You love the Lord? Well, stand on your hands. Stand on your hands. Stand on your feet. <laughs> stand on your hands if you want to. Hallelujah. Ministry there at the Brzee's. So we were at Pastor Mark and Janet Brzee's, and some, some meeting, we were, a prayer meeting during the day, staff prayer meeting, and some other people had showed up. There's about maybe 100 people there. And, and uh, so Pastor Mark, inspired by the Holy Ghost, said, let's pray for land for Island Church. And so he started praying, and then he started prophesying about the land, about how we'd get it, things like that. Well, immediately, Lynn and I, we just took off running around the church. Run around the church a couple of times. Started shouting, praising, magnifying, glorifying God. You say, now why'd you do that? Because that's how you receive. you got to give an expression to that which drops into your heart or to your spirit. Some people never receive because they don't ever give expression to it. They don't, they don't release their faith through an active expression. Paul said, as as you were, as you participated with unrighteousness, now participate with righteousness. Use your members as you used to use your members as servants to uncleanness which yielded unrighteousness. Now use your members as servants unto holiness, uh, servants unto glory which leads to holiness. So people back when you know used to get drunk and do drugs, do all this kind of stuff, you just go crazy, dance and twist and do the worm all night long, you know, on the after you drank a bottle of tequila or something. But then you come to church and you sit on your hands. Amen. And you just sit there like a little church mouse and never say anything. It's just what the devil wants. But if you can can learn to yield yourself, and when something hits your heart, you say, that's God, that's mine, that's my healing, That's that's my prosperity, that's it, that's my word I've been waiting for. And man, you just take off running, you start dancing, you start shouting. When that word hits your spirit, I guarantee your spirit will latch on to it. And it'll hold it. It'll hold it tight. It'll hold it tight. You won't lose it. Time won't erode the excitement of it. Time won't wear it out. Amen. So one more time, let's just praise Him. Father, we praise You tonight. We thank You, Lord. We glorify Your name. We exalt You, Lord. Hallelujah. We glorify You. We magnify You. We exalt you, Lord. We praise your name. We praise your name. We praise your name. Oh, you're a good God. You're a good God, and we worship you tonight. We magnify your name. We glorify you in this house for our land, for our building, for the thousands that will get saved, for the hundreds that will be healed. We glorify. We exalt you, Lord, for your word going forth. We magnify your name. 
We thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, now, some of you know this, but some of you that, you know, y'all that, that, that haven't been around the whole process of what's going on in Island Church, when we started out, that's how we started out. We just started, we didn't have a place to meet other than the hotel ballrooms of the Galvez and the Tremont House. So we just started thanking God for praise God. Thank, we just started, remember that church? Praising God for a building, glorifying, magnifying God. Then we outgrew that building. In two years, I think, it took two years, we outgrew that building. And then we started thanking and praising God, and God gave us this building. Both of them were a miracle. Both of them were an abs. If you heard the testimony of how we got both buildings and how we built them out and how just a few people, I mean, just almost 140-something people gave $680,000 within a year and we built out that other building and started holding church and just grew so fast and so quick that we had to go to the, I remember going next door to the guy and saying, man, I need your office. He had, oh, I think it was another 1,000 square feet that we needed. And he was. Lee looked at me and said, Reverend, you couldn't afford it. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'd have to have at least $5,000 for my improvements. I said, I'll be right back. Went over to the office. I said, make out a check for $5,000. Went back, gave it to him. He looked at me and said, I'll be out in 30 days. <laughs> Amen. Well, God, that's the way God does it. We just praised and worshiped all the way through it, and we're going to keep on doing it and keep on doing it and keep on doing it. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.